0: Welcome to our podcast this week Andrew and I are going to be discussing Married at First Sight and a little bit more about my mum, your dad, just to tell you a little bit about us. My name's Trelawney. I'm a dating coach. I've also worked at the high end of matchmaking for 10 years and I absolutely love reality TV. Andrew, would you like to tell everybody a little bit about you?
1: Yeah, my name's Andrew park Dennis. I'm managing director of the biggest matchmaking group in the UK. And um, yeah, me too. I love all reality TVs, especially in and around Dayton.
0: Thank you. So should we start with um, the commitment ceremony? Um, Married at First Sight It was a really interesting episode. I think it's the first commitment ceremony they've had this season, isn't it? Yeah,
1: um, it
0: is. Yeah. The interesting thing about this concept is that if both partners want to stay, that's great. If within the marriage, if one partner has decided this relationship isn't for them and they want to leave, they actually can't leave unless their partner wants to leave too. <laughs> Which um, is a kind of suffocating thought, but um, yeah. I understand it's it's interesting because it makes people kind of um, put that extra effort in. And often life is like that. You you know, if you're in a serious relationship, a marriage, you've got a house, you've got children, you can't just walk out. So it's a test. Yeah, um, yeah it is. Yeah.
1: I think one of the things it makes people do is it makes them truly focus on it because you know that's often the case that doesn't see people progress in a relationship because at the first hurdle they jump ship whereas this is a far more pressurized and pressure cooker environment that means that people have to stay and explore themselves and actually when faced with things about themselves they don't like they have to keep digging and go through it so yeah it's, it's a clever, clever clever way to do it really. Yeah,
0: and and really that is what marriage is, isn't it? When you think about it, if you want marriage to last, you have to have that staying power. Um, Even if sometimes the other person doesn't want to stay, you know, you have to try to still be motivated, work together, and yeah, that's exactly what it's all about. So it it is pretty clever. Um, So let's have a look at, let's think about the first couple. Ella and Nathaniel were the first ones I thought we would chat about today. So give me your take, first of all, on how you felt about um, how they were together at the commitment ceremony.
1: You know what? I think in some ways they've come a long way. Um, in other ways, those problems that they had on honeymoon is still very real. I think what was quite neat, not nice to see, is the fact that they had actually listened to each other. All of a sudden, Nathaniel, I don't think he's particularly taken complete responsibility for the shame and an outing he did of Ella. I think. He will apologise, but with reason, mm-hmm. and that's not really an apology. Yeah, you know, sorry, it, but it, yeah, sorry, mm-hmm. but and as soon as that book comes along, we know well. Basically, you're not you're not saying sorry. You're justifying your point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Ella, obviously at the commitment ceremony, was very vulnerable, probably the most vulnerable we've seen. And I think that probably falls in line with being able to address the group and talk about the transition she's made and the difficulties that that's had on her life up to that point, which you know I can't even begin to imagine. Um, what she's been through, so there's always going to be a natural resistance, and the I guess the character that Nathaniel allures to is the fact that that's a protection, it's a shield, you know, because you know that keeps her safe, and he's very much well. I need to find more about you, but as he does to throw it back when he does, you know, that's just gonna that's just gonna make make Ella, Ella seize up. So yeah, they've they've come a distance, but. I'm still not quite sure about them at the minute. I think Nathaniel's got a lot of work to do Um, and perhaps Ella has as well, to be fair, so.
0: Yeah, we're seeing a lot of the kind of destructive patterns um, that really break relationships down. So we're seeing every discussion that touches any kind of nerve becoming very fiery. We're seeing vulnerabilities not really being able to be expressed, although they did make some progress within the commitment ceremony. One of the things I found most disturbing, I think about the relationship is the fact that Ella's confidence. She says it's being knocked and knocked and knocked. I think um, that Nathaniel is perfectly right in saying, I want to find out more about you before I commit to an intimate relationship. But because she does have this real need for affirmation, affirmation, affirmation together, I just feel that it's quite a negative mix. So I'm really hoping that the fact that they've decided to stay together, they are going to really think about what they're doing to each other, what their words do to each other, what their behaviours do to each other.
1: It's basic respect and not looking to point score. Mm. And I think throughout that at the minute, it's almost like, well, I've had this trouble. Well, I've had this trouble.
0: Yes. This is
1: my insecurity. This is, and they're not actually listening. They're waiting to speak. And in waiting to speak they're missing a lot of the little nuances that the other person's saying to them. And actually, I think for Ella, if Nathaniel just says, look, you know, I really find you attractive, but in order for me to commit to you on a physical level, I just need to find out more from you because I do respect you. And I want that when I, when we do take that next step, that that to be a respectful step really is that simple as opposed to sitting on the couch and saying, I don't know if I do find you attractive yet. That's, that, that that's hard to take. It's hard to swallow because everybody wants to feel attracted. Yes. We understand it's early in the process and the digging around personalities, and I think going back to what you said, I think when when they react, it's because a little bit of their personality that they're not particularly comfortable with comes out. So defense comes in, and they deflect and attack, and you know that's the problem. They've just got to be more honest and understanding, and actually considerate of each other's feelings as they speak.
0: That's right. You feel as if you were if you were in a room with them you can just feel how uncomfortable it would be.
1: <laughs> it's either going to be a good day or it's going to be a really bad night. Yeah. There's no in-between. You've just be
0: waiting, time. waiting yeah. for something to trigger one of them. Yeah. Uh, but talking about uncomfortable, let's move on to Roz and Thomas. Yes. Now, I found that really uncomfortable to watch and I'll explain what I found really, really sad, actually, um, at the end. So obviously Thomas has been making it very clear. I would like to wait. I'd like to know if you're really attracted to me before we have this kind of physical affection between us or any intimacy. He decides, they go into the one, they decide together, but he lets his guard down and they're intimate. And the following morning, he feels completely ignored. He can sense that she's feeling this was probably a mistake. He's feeling really crushed. They go through the commitment ceremony. It's completely uncomfortable to watch. For some bizarre reason, they both decide that they want to stay, which you can give me your take on that in a minute. But when they then move to the sofa, I don't know if you noticed, but Roz makes a joke with the girl next to her. Oh, I better sit a little bit closer to him just in case, which I feel he hears. And yeah. there was just such a disconnect and it really made me feel as though I wanted to say to them, no, leave now. This is going to yeah. be damaging. What did you yeah. say?
1: I, I think, you know what, with, with the two of them, I think, you know, they've wanted to push it on more, actually, to the physical stage. Or certainly, I think um, Ross has. And I think Thomas has been reserved, holding back. He's been hurt. He's been upset in the past. And I actually thought, it was actually more forced. I think he felt he had to be intimate in order to prove to Roz that he liked her. He did that. And then just at his most vulnerable at the time where he'd given everything and sort of allowed himself to go in a path that he didn't need to. I mean, there's a lesson to be learned there. Mm. The communication's big, but hold hold back until he's comfortable because... Those insecurities have just risen straight to the surface. Mm. And then that's, Roser's kind of not helped that by saying, yeah, I felt nothing afterwards and then not giving him any eye contact or talk to him and just oh. saying, and to test somebody in that deep manner because when it becomes sexual, that connection, there's so much trust in that and so much openness. And then to be told, "Oh, well, I was just finding out if I liked you, that's really tough. And I actually think I can't see at the minute that developing no. Unless and okay, also I think it was incredibly awkward afterwards on the on the sofa. And I know that she said we'll sit closer, but there was still probably the biggest gap between them out uh, of most of the couples, apart from a couple, obviously. But um yeah, I I actually thought in the first instant Thomas was probably being a little bit too reserved. But then I think when Ros got what she wanted, which was to move the relationship to more physicality. He got absolutely shot down in flames. And that's that's tough. Uh, that's all his fears of holding back, coming coming back to bite him straight away.
0: Have you heard of something called the ick? The ick? Hmm.
1: Yes, I've heard of the ick, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Rose completely had the ick. Yes, she did. Which basically means you suddenly really go off someone physically.
1: I, I think you, she had the ick in the first instance.
0: Yeah but she kept trying you know she kept trying this physical um connection but she didn't try to hide it at all which was why i found it so difficult to watch yeah. it was you know displaying to the nation i've got the ick i i'm really finding this guy physically repulsive almost right now <laughs> and are. i'm not going to hide it from anyone it was just very very uncomfortable so let's see how they get on but again i hope they make the right decision ultimately because it could be quite damaging these yes they can work through it but both parties have to commit to that otherwise it's a toxic it felt very toxic to me it's a toxic relationship and that's not yeah. healthy for anyone there's a difference no. between working on something and making someone else feel bad
1: yeah no i agree and and i think around. the biggest problem the biggest problem for me that is they've gone from a to z in one swift step you know they weren't even holding hands or having a cuddle and then the next minute they've jumped into bed together to try and rectify that well there's no emotional connection because they haven't even sort of had a little cuddle or woke up put their arm around each other grabbed a cup of coffee talked in bed found out about each other they've just gone from nothing to the most intimate thing you can do and that's there's a lot of holes been left behind that have never been filled and that's that's not a good basis for that relationship, I believe. Did
0: you really? see the faces of the other couples when they actually said they'd been intimate? They almost all yeah. fell off their chest. weren't they? Because they're desperate for yeah. it to happen That's and then they realise it actually happened with broads and, <laughs> yeah. and The most aloof relationship of everyone. Yeah, yeah um, they are. Okay, so a completely different kind of feel. Tasha and Paul, how did you feel yes. about their relationship?
1: Tasha and Paul, you know what? Their relationship, I believe, is, is strong. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think they're taking it at their own basis. I think they've got that initial instinct connection. I think they make each other feel comfortable. They appreciate each other's vulnerabilities. There's no rush. They joke about wanting to get to the next step, but they're taking stepping stones. They're not jumping in. They understand the value of getting to know each other, getting to know that trust and security in each other. And yeah, I think we both want to go to the next stage of intimacy, but they're doing it in their own time. They're not feeling the pressure of the group. They're not feeling the pressure. They're focused on themselves, and that's really important. Um, So yeah, I do think they've got a very strong foundation to move forward from, um, and I do think they will.
0: Yeah, and isn't it sweet that they said they're best friends as a married couple, and yet they are still waiting and allowing their relationship to grow. So yeah. I think everybody was also as equally as shocked that they hadn't become intimate as they were yeah. that Ross and Thomas had become intimate because they the Tasha and Paul are so seem so close. But, but I but I thought it was very sweet actually that they would take. I did
1: it. I, I thought it was sweet, it was respectful. I think when we look at some of the some of the other couples, I mean I know we're not necessarily going to discuss some of them, but Shona and Brad they've gone from naught to 100 miles an hour. And I really worry for that relationship. As strong as it looks now, I think any sort of problems they hit, I think the wheels could come off really quick because to say you love somebody after a matter of days is a massive thing to stay. stay. And so I I personally think Tasha and and, um, Paul are doing it at the right pace, the right speed, understanding each other's needs. And when that happens, There'll be such an emotional connection on top of a physical connection that will really act as binding glue to their relationship as opposed to what we've seen um, with Ros and Thomas where actually it's, it's more pulling it apart.
0: Yeah talking about Shona and Brad just quickly I do feel yeah. a bit nervous for Shona because Brad seems to be want, want to be on this adventurous roller coaster um with all sorts of things on his list to try and and she seems to be much more you know I just love being a wife and I I like things to be you know not too out there so I think eventually yeah Brad seems such a strong strong personality he's really out there you can feel it he wants to try Mm -hmm. everything he wants to live life in the fast lane so that can be quite a difficult partner to keep up with if you're not of the same mindset so yeah. we'll see what happens there but yes they seem very very happy but i do worry that it's really intense now but it could yeah. include very intensely yeah, as well potentially yeah, um, no, I agree. so completely different vibe jay and luke yes Lovely. They were one of our favourites um, when we spoke last week. How are you feeling about them now?
1: Well, they go from strength to strength, don't they? I think their, their relationship is built on acceptance, understanding, and it's deeper than the physicality. I think there's an emotional connection. I think one when we look at the couples which are struggling, I think a lot of them are wanting the partner to become what they want. And marriage is about loving the person you're with for... their their strengths their weaknesses their beige flags perhaps I mean we don't want too many people with red flags but they understand that you've got to go that little bit deeper and understanding and appreciating somebody for what they are as opposed to what you want them to be because as soon as people start to change which we've seen a lot with certain couples that can only be sustainable for a short period of time before Mm -hmm. the person you are becomes present and then all of a sudden everything that there's a bit of facade and it falls falls away very quickly so yeah with jay and Lou, yeah you've got to love them haven't you? i mean they have fun they laugh the, the 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 relationship's built on friendship and that's massive so yeah I, I do really like those and i can't i can't see them right now falling off yeah i'm sure they'll have a few moments of insecurities and you know nothing's perfect in this world if it was then it would be imperfect so you know I do think they'll when they do get challenges they'll address them together and they'll overcome them you know or at least I hope so because they do really like them as a couple.
0: Yeah and I think it's very interesting what you say about accepting for someone accepting someone for who they are and not what you want them to be because I think that is the biggest problem in modern dating people create a checklist and I've seen it with so many friends, so many clients that I have with coaching. They they say, I know exactly what I want. That's really difficult to know exactly what you want and try to find that in a person because you start to project all of those things. So you're not really seeing the person for who they are. You're seeing them for what you want them to be. And ultimately, they're going to disappoint because they are their own person. You know, they're not existing to fill your checklist So I think it's a real problem with modern dating. And it's something we try all the time to turn around and kind of get people to think about things in a more human way than the kind of quite destructive online. What do you want? Tick this box, tick this box, tick this box, and then wait for that, you know, robot to be created and delivered to you. Just doesn't work
1: like bit, that, does it? It's a bit like the old old 80s film, Weird Science, where you can put it into a machine and out pops your perfect person. But actually, who mm-hmm. really is the perfect person because if there's nothing if everything is exactly similar, there's nothing really to talk about. You need those differences in a relationship to to be able to grow with each other because you know every view I'm sure you'd agree that you've got and every view that I've got isn't necessarily the correct one. You you learn and develop and adapt from yeah. the person you're with and grow together. Whereas if you're just putting a checklist together, then you're creating the impossible. And to a degree, it's almost relationship blocking. Because you know if you tick enough boxes, there's not going to be somebody there to meet. And that justifies you to think, well, this, this isn't going to work for me. Whatever arena you're looking for loving, if you put too many blocks in the way, it's almost like self-protection to avoid going to the next step. So yeah, it's really important to have differences, similar morals, that's really key, but certainly appreciating people for the differences um, and not just wanting this exactly what you want, person yeah. that's there, yeah.
0: There's a sense of another big mistake people make when starting relationships is focusing on how the other person makes them feel. Now it's important that somebody makes you feel good, but if you're only thinking, how are you making me feel? are you what I deserve? You know, it's it becomes about me, me, me. And it's very difficult to have a kind of a give and take relationship that grows because you're only focused on how you feel. So that person has yeah. to kind of achieve the impossible by making you happy all the time. So yeah, it's very much about being on an equal playing field, both putting in effort, both taking care of each other and yourselves and having, like you said, the shared values the shared goals, a shared kind of moral framework. They're the really important things, not whether somebody's 6'2 or 6'4 or has hair or not hair, you know, all of these things.
1: <laughs> Look, we have superficial love, don't you? And I think this is the thing perhaps we'll, we'll, we'll see further down the line with Shona and Brad is, you can have that instant attraction, it's important, mm. but it's surface lust. And yes, there's, they, they might say they love each other and it may continue. That love comes from, like we spoke last week, matters of the heart. The things that are important to you to go and do, the, the, the values, whether it be family, whether it be friends, whether, you know, you, you're ambitious in work and you need that person to respect and support that. That's what matters far more than that initial, whether they're six foot four or, you know, a certain size or whatever people are looking for. That's superficial and that disappears over time. And what remains is matters of the heart. And mm-hmm. if you've got connection there, and that's what's so important, to look like beneath the surface and, and see somebody's soul is, is, is where you will always find love in my opinion.
0: Yeah, let yourself become fond of someone. See if you're going to mm-hmm. become fond of someone um, before you're kind of judging them too harshly. I think that's the most important lesson, isn't it? Because yeah. the perfect person for you may be completely different to your checklist, and you mm-hmm. don't want to miss out.
1: Well, I think, I think that's true. And I think we may even see that with Arthur and Laura as the journey goes through. Because obviously we said, Laura wants a, a Chelsea boy, doesn't mm. she? Use this, that and that. She's very used to that. But she did say this time, and I was pleased for her to say it, I've always done that, and it's clearly not worked for me. So perhaps I do need to open myself up to different avenues to find the person, you know, because having those differences makes, will make Laura shine in her own right, and then Arthur can shine in his own right in a completely different area. There's no competition, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. You're allowed to both journey free together, but have the support of each other. So that may that may work further down the line, but there is work to be done there still.
0: Yeah, it was interesting that Arthur again touched on the fact that he struggles with honesty. That was a big thing to say, particularly on TV. You know, he yeah. he struggles with honesty because he tries to look better than he is, which is a self-confidence, self-esteem thing. However, it's really difficult to be in a relationship with somebody who struggles with white lies, as he calls them.
1: Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
0: That, I think, will be the problem, unless he can conquer that, because Laura is very strong. He's clearly in awe of her. So he's got to learn, okay, she's accepting me for who I am, and I don't need to keep saying what I think she wants to hear, because you do see that in relationships when one partner feels as though the other is much more stronger, much more desirable, much more successful. It can be quite difficult for them to feel as though they're keeping up. So those kind of white lies can creep in just to try and feel like an equal. I really hope that Arthur manages to to conquer that with Laura's help and support. But again, she's not his therapist. Let's see where I can feel it's slipping into that dynamic if they're not careful. She's teacher, he's student. She's mum, he's child, you know? So I think that's just what they've got to avoid there because that becomes very unattractive after a while.
1: Well, it does. If anything, you you do, like you say. you almost feel like you babysit somebody through Mm. your emotions. And, you know, yes, it's nice to emotionally grow together and understand each other, but you don't want to be teaching somebody the basics of emotions. And being honest is a very basic basic part of a, of a relationship that's going to work mm-hmm. you know and I think for him it's confidence it's self-belief it's feeling that he's inadequate um now yeah Laura can help him to a degree with that but there will get a point where that will become incredibly unattractive mm-hmm. and it will become too needy and like you have said she's she's not there to to guide him through a relationship he's got to sort of step up and think right I'm going to be honest this has been raised I'm going to address it. Yeah, he rewrote his vows, which was which was a first start to it, um, and actually put his own heart into it, as opposed to just. I mean, I couldn't believe he copied and pasted off the internet. It's, it's marriage vows, it's just like you just think, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he gives guidance, off that energy. But, he gives kind yeah. of his energy off, actually. <laughs>
0: yeah, see, it's, it's just
1: he's just got to actually just step up, be himself, and accept. That if it doesn't work, that's fine. But he's gotta he's got to maintain who he is. And when he does, she likes it. Laura loves it. You know, that's mm-hmm. when she finds him most attractive, when he's actually letting the facade go, being, being a little bit open and you know, vulnerable and showing himself for what he is. And that's far more attractive than somebody who's lying all the time. So eventually those lies that's get yeah, Yeah.
0: Okay, so tell me, in terms of the couples, who provided you with the biggest
1: surprise or shock of the programme? Um, surprise and shock, I would say, at the minute, Shona and Brad, I think I'm quite surprised how fast they've moved. And I find it, I don't find it real right now. Um, it almost feels like the peacock. And I know when, um, I think Ros and Thomas came back to, to sit on, on the sofa, the first thing they did, who were sat behind them, was give each other quite an intimate kiss. And I didn't, if I'm honest, I didn't think that was appropriate at the time because they were meant to be supporting, but it's almost like, oh, we know you're not doing well, but why don't you take a look at us? Mm-hmm. And so- that, Very high school. Mm. Yeah, it's, it, it does feel, it does feel like that. I think the people, I'm not shocked, I'm happy to see doing so well as Jay and Luke. I think that, that they're making, great gains on a relationship that's going to be sustainable, um, along with Tasha and Paul. Um, but there is some people in very dark places at the minute, and, you know, that 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 will unravel over the next few weeks, I guess, to see whether they can turn it around. But, yeah, the, the, and also, I guess the other thing with Ros and Thomas, I was quite shocked that once Thomas took that step to be intimate, which was so far removed from where he wanted to go, that he's just had this stone wall ever since. And that, that surprised me because I thought, right, he's finally moved on to where, where she wants him to be and actually has been humiliated straight afterwards. So that that, that that was quite shocking to see.
0: Yeah, I have to say my biggest shock is that Ros and Thomas have decided to carry on with
1: this torturous <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> I was expecting them to say leave, but anyway, let's keep our fingers crossed for them. So we've got yes. a little bit of time left. So let's just touch on the finale of My Mum, Your Dad. Yes. So, obviously the big plot twist here i suppose you could say for the contestants was that they they were going to find out whether they had the blessing of their child or not to carry on the relationship and it kind of reflects real life so you've spent decades bringing up your children you meet a new partner you finally decide you're ready for love but you really do need the blessing of your children and it's interesting to think about what happens for people whose children just will not give their blessing, are just not interested in the new partner. Do they pursue their dream of love or do they listen to their child and kind of say, no, okay, I'm gonna back off. It's, what, what, what's your thoughts on that?
1: I think it's a very tough one. I think having the support of your family, which is why I quite like the show, because I think the, the kids are involved from the mm. beginning. So they know they've got that blessing. I think it's very tricky to navigate. If you've got children and they don't like your new partner and they don't, they don't want it to progress, I would arguably say eight times out of 10, the probability is it won't get as far as you'd like because, you know, at the end of the day, your children, you've looked after, they are and always will be, regardless of age, Mm. your main concern. And I think if they're not on board, that becomes very difficult to navigate that relationship. Um, And in most cases, I don't see it does, unless they decide that they're not going to spend so much time with the kids or see the kids, which, you know, is a massive thing to sort of, do um mm-hmm. more often than not i think you do need your approval of your children and that's why it's worked quite well and to be fair the kids gave them a bit of a grilling as well didn't they even the stronger couples so yeah. um that, that was quite nice you know quite good to see that they're invested and that shows that they care
0: yeah um, it's sweet to see how much the kids care i think it yeah. can be difficult for um parents with grown-up or almost grown-up children who want to find a new partner because Often the children, although they're almost grown up, they're used to having you to yourself. So they're potentially not open or they've seen you being hurt before. So they're potentially not open. Um, And sometimes they've got such loyalty to your previous partner. If it's their mom or their dad, they're, they're equally not open. So it can be really tricky for people in that scenario that are looking for love and have older children who have much stronger opinions than when they're little so yeah, was, that, the, not quite as adaptable people people, as when they're
1: little. <laughs> yeah. no. And it's funny with Janie Jenny, Jenny and Roger. I mean, uh, Roger, I mean, I'm so pleased that they, they've come on and certainly watching afterwards, checking in to see how they're doing. They're still together and absolutely in a blossoming relationship. And even Roger's daughter, was so keen to push him forward, when they had that chat, she was then saying, you know, it is difficult to see with somebody else because it's mm-hmm. not mum and others. So as much as she wanted it, the reality when it hit probably hit harder than she thought it might to see her dad actually happy somewhere else. As much as that was her heart's desire, it's still tough to see. So, but thrilled that Roger and Janie are doing so well, actually, and actually outside of the experiment have really settled into each other, um, which is great.
0: Yeah, I've seen all the promotions where they're together and happy. And I think they posted a bed snap on uh, social media. Yeah, they did, I
1: saw (laughs) that, yeah, I did see that one, yeah. Yeah, I, I well, suppose one of the saddest ones I thought who have come out of that was Natalie and Paul because I actually really thought that they were they were so strong in yeah. in the experiment and um, both kids really supported it. Um, whether it was distance or damage from previous relationships that eventually caused it, because I had high hopes for those, but they've now parted company. I think amicably, but um, sad to see because I did feel that they've been completely vulnerable with each other. Um, but obviously, you know. It was too much to overcome perhaps in in travel and also perhaps the the emotional damage that had been done previously really yeah but. i
0: think i think it's it's a great show i really hope it comes back it does as we said last week it shows that whatever age you are whatever your situation you do deserve love yes. if you can open your heart to it we see that as we get older people are carrying so many more wounds yes the knocks of life so for them to be given a a a fresh page and a new chapter and hope and excitement and all of those lovely feelings and all of those lovely things that happen when you do find a great new relationship. It's it's really lovely to see. I have seen that casting is open, actually, for season two. So there's definitely going to be a season two.
1: I'd love it to be a little bit longer. If I'm honest, if they're going to introduce, um, like they do in Love Island, different different men and different women in at different periods of the show, I think in order we saw it with Martin H. you know, I really did feel for him because he had two connections and then Martin M, although Martin M got his comeuppance because he's realised that actually, if you play, if you're a player and you play two strong women, which they were, then unfortunately you're going to end up very lonely at the end of it. Um, And rightly so, but it would be nice to have it a, a little bit longer. So there's more time to develop those connections if it's going to be swapped around from, From time to time by introducing people but this is the first show so we'll see
0: yeah well i completely agree so sadly we are almost out of time andrew so we're going to be back next week with lots of insight and thoughts and general chatter about the best dating shows of the week and anything else that happens that interests us in the world of dating
1: yeah look forward to it and look forward to seeing everybody
0: again then okay thank you see you soon thanks
1: a lot see you bye-bye